Hello, hi, hello. Welcome back to another episode of my Inside Voice podcast. It's been a minute. What's going on, guys? How's it going? How's everyone's life? How are we feeling? Um, yeah, I wanted to jump on here because I wanted to talk about a few things, mostly revolving around Venus and Uranus. Um, Venus and Uranus went conjunct in Taurus last week for a few days, and uh, I was ha- I wanted to do a podcast episode about it, but I was having trouble. I was having trouble and I was kind of racking my fucking brain thinking like what can I do for this and then I just left it because I'm like I can't force to myself to do anything I never could um that's just not who I am and then I woke up today and I got a message from a sweet sweet podcast listener and if you're listening to this uh thank you you made my night Um, as I told you, and I started to sort of think outside of what I normally do. And some things happened yesterday that um, I'll talk about in a minute and or I'll talk about in a little bit that sort of prompted me to think about Venus and Uranus conjunct in Taurus and how disruptive that can be and how the comforts and the comfort zone that we're so used to being in even though it's probably really bad for us if we if we force it to to be um a permanent thing is better than delving deep and in, delving into the unknown the card of the fool is is the card in the tarot that I love the most but it's also the scariest because it's it depicts in the Rider Waite um, version of tarot decks it pictures a person with nothing but a bag on a string and about to jump off a cliff and it's my favorite card because it's the it's the most chaotic it's the most fun exciting but it's it's scary because you're literally jumping off a cliff into the unknown and just having faith on faith alone. Nothing else with you. I've been having a lot of dreams about exes. I've contacted my ex. Thank God he didn't uh, fucking pick up. I And nope, I was not drunk. <laughs> I was completely stone cold sober. Um... I've been just having, I've been wavering on this journey a little bit. Um, And that's what I like to tell myself because I'm the worst to myself. I don't give myself a chance to make mistakes. There's no, none of that allowed in my perfectionist army of one. And it makes me feel like shit because I know that it's okay to make mistakes, but it also makes me feel like shit because I made the mistake. So why did I contact my ex? Because I felt lonely, because I missed him, because I missed the security of a shitty relationship, because I missed 
allowing for a brief moment in time, allowing myself to trust a man, allowing myself to trust anybody else other than myself, allowing myself to love anybody else, allowing myself to give in to society, (laughs) which I am... Uh, I am an anarchist at heart. Um, Like I've said so many times before, I am so far left, you can't even see me. So to come to some, to to miss, uh, it was a really shitty relationship. I ended up cheating on him. Uh, You can go back into my podcast catalog and uh, figure out the story on that. But I've talked about it at nauseum, so I'm not going to bore you here. But it was a really bad relationship. I made a lot of mistakes. He made a lot of mistakes. It was the only relationship, to be honest, that actually meant something and that actually resembled like a normal one, quote unquote. So I kind of took a break from my solo dolo journey and being a unicorn and, you know, paving ways for myself and everybody that um, I want to inspire and my goals and I fucking caved. I'm not proud of it, but I'm done beating myself up about it. So that was actually pretty comfortable for me. It was comfortable because it is something that I normally do. I am a toxic, toxic, toxic person inside and out um, at my lowest frequency. I don't give a fuck about myself and that really and I haven't historically it's taken a long time for me to realize that loving myself is the key to everything I don't love myself I wasn't grown up I wasn't raised in a household to uh, affirm that I should love myself my worth and self-esteem always came from how much people liked me or hated me how much I was uh, how much I belonged or how much I fit into society, whether that's groups of friends, family, uh, relationships, jobs, whatever it was. As long as people were happy with me, as long as my, my self-worth was also tied to how much I people-pleased, how much I gave myself and the parts I gave myself at how how often, how intensely, that also determined my self-worth and how likable I could be and therefore how safe I was and secure I was in myself and I grew up with that mentality which is you know dangerous at best and um it was just really hard to get out and that became a comfort zone for me that became coping for me that became everything to me and then I started to grow up and just five minutes ago I realized just kidding I realized that that wasn't me. That was just me pretending. That was me acting. That was me sacrificing. That is not who I am. And then self-love started to come into the zeitgeist and started to make its way into, you know, the white girls that do yoga. And then it blew up. Self-love, self-love, self-love. Everybody was eat, praying, and loving their way to, you know, another type of acting, another type of facade and mask. And so once I got beyond those, 
I started to really see myself as the broken shell of a person that I was. And I started to slowly put myself back together, always tripping up in parts because that's just who I am. I never do anything that's linear, no matter how much I want to convince myself sometimes that linear would be better, linear would be easier. That is just not who I am. That is just not my journey. And I know that now. And so I slowly, slowly started to collect the pieces of my soul as I walked this path completely alone. And then I started to see power in being alone. I started to see love again. I, my eyes started to fade from these cold black pupils into technicolor. I started to wake up. I started to love. I started to take care of myself, my body, my mind, my heart. Oh, my heart, my poor heart. She was waiting for it. My higher self started to come into the picture. I started to take care of my inner child and my inner teenager and all of that stuff. And that brings us to very recently where, you know, self-love is the only key that I have that opens all of the doors that I need for my life to be the way that I want and I co-create with the universe every single day I don't have any sort of qualms or um, delusions that I'm the only one doing this I co-create with God I gave up religion and I found God I gave up dating and I found love I gave up people pleasing and I found myself I gave up family and I found family within myself I told myself for so long that I wanted kids and then I finally realized that I didn't want kids and I started to take care of the neglected inner child within and I found love in these angels that God lives through that are called children and I found the joy in them by not wanting them for myself. So it all started to make sense to me. And then I just got sick and tired of being this person for a little bit. And I faltered and I wanted, I just wanted reciprocation in some way. When you're on this journey, solo dolo, you start to feel as if you are the only one out here. And to just feel something else to get another frequency that maybe there's another human being out here, you start to knock on other people's doors that you should not be knocking on. And you know, it's not that deep. I'm over it. It's not, you know, a regular occurrence for me anymore. It's not practice for me to be toxic and to bother people and to bother my own peace and at the end of the day it's just a blip in the motherfucking universe it's just a glitch in the matrix but for that time for that little bit i needed something i needed somebody i needed frequency back I needed a hello, a hi, are you okay? Is everything okay? But I didn't get it because I don't want that. I just want to 
keep moving. And then we get to Venus and Uranus and Taurus. And we get the disruption. We get the lightning bolt. We get the tower moment where things just seem to fall into place by falling apart. Which is crazy to me. Because I thought that it was so solid. I'm going to speak in a little bit of... uh, I'm going to speak a little bit cryptically because I don't want to... really fuck things up you know what I mean not fuck things up but just I don't I don't want to be that messy girl anymore that toxic girl that sort of just says whatever because she's feeling it also happy cancer season um the tide is high with this season something feels a little bit deeper uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna switch it up right now and not talk about Venus and Uranus and Taurus. I'm gonna talk about Cancer season because it's feeling like the move right now. <laughs> Welcome to my chaotic life. If you're new here, um, chaos is the only thing on the menu, and we ride at dawn. So let's get into it. Cancer season is the the first water sign of the zodiac, and really is the starts on the first day of summer solstice on the first day of summer which is called summer solstice so happy summer solstice it is the longest day of the year the the day that we get the most daylight here in the northern hemisphere i feel and it is cancer is known as the nourishment that we need to go out into the world it is the thick coating of our souls that builds the walls to the first time we feel and that that really provides the perfect canvas for all other emotional processing whether that was done healthy in a healthy way or not, whether you were nurtured in a healthy way or not, it doesn't even fucking matter because cancer season lays down that framework. And whatever goes on top of that framework, fortunately or unfortunately, becomes the way that you emotionally process. So if we want to change that, if we want to get out of our own way and really manifest the shit that we uh, deserve how do we rewire this framework how do we restructure all of these bones that we lay down at such an early age to build something new to do something different to be something different I don't know I'm not sure yet I'm still trying to figure it out Following our passions, yes. Making a fuck ton of money because you're charging what you're worth, yes. Enjoying the finer things in life, allowing yourself to be worthy enough to enjoy the finer things in life, yes. Surround yourself with co-creators and co-collaborators that feel just as passionately about their life as you feel about yours, yes. Allow yourself to have coping mechanisms, but give yourself the space to make mistakes and don't fuck your shit up about it. Yes, 
keep going on this journey and whatever that looks for you yes stand up for yourself and advocate for the things that you want and need in this lifetime yes all of these things yes 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 look for a greater cause bigger than yourself yes allow people from different walks of life to teach you something yes never feel like you're done yeah all of that it's beautiful what happens when the programming starts to play again because you're in a bad space or you're in a low moment or the transits are just not in your favor or you're feeling bad or he didn't text you back what happens when you fall back into destructive patterns because we all do that's why they're there they're like the ultimate safety net but instead of covered in instead of being a soft landing they're covered in fucking scorpions or poison or chlorophyll or fucking alligators but we fall back into it anyway because at least it's the hurt that we know at least it's the turmoil that we can navigate through that's a toxic cancer that's the textbook toxic cancer to wade through a fucking ocean of alligators just because we know how to fight them off. Well, we don't, by the way. We don't know how to fight this off. The only reason why we sink back into destructive patterns is because at least we get the process of the hurt. We know the recovery time. I used to, when I moved to BC for this guy and cheated on the ex that I texted last week, I would, and, and the guy that I moved out for was also the probably the biggest trash bag I've ever met in my life. He, I, I knew how it went with us. We would meet up, we would do our thing. He would be disgusted with himself and me because he would be cheating on his girlfriend with me. And he would project, be violent, be abusive, and then he would leave, and then I would have to recover. And I would be sitting on the floor crying with a bottle and trying to understand why me. And then I would do that for a little bit. I would take a shower. I would turn on some music. I would drink some water. I would, I just remember it like clockwork. And I would just do that process every single time and it was pretty often it was for five years (laughs) and I just knew it and I used to just fall back into it all the time because I thought that this is all I'm worth that's all that's also why we fall back into destructive patterns because we can't see the fruits of our labor we can't see how far we've come so we go back because we think that's all we deserve it's not just comfort it we go back into destructive patterns as well as ways of thinking and I used to do that over and over again for five years until I stopped the loop until I realized that that's probably not what I deserve I probably deserve better I I actually deserve the best and then when you believe that right it's this leap that you make It's the leap that you make from complete zero to 100 and then you start to work backwards. You start to fill in all the gaps. You start to rebuild that framework. 
And cancer season is the perfect season to rebuild that framework. As much as it gives you the framework initially, it also gives you, it's malleable enough, it's still a water sign to give you, it malleable enough and flexible and agile enough to give you the room and the space to do, to fill in those gaps. It gives you the time. It nourishes you through it all. The intelligence that you gained in Gemini season, you're able to now use those puzzle pieces to fill in the rest of your vision. And Cancer season gives you the time by not rushing you. It allows you to figure it out yourself, but also gives you the help that you need, the wisdom that you need, the soft landing that you need. That's what Cancer season provides for you. And you should take it, even though you might be used to not taking help or wanting help because you're so used to those that that fucking swamp of alligators that you call a fucking life so used to probably doing things on your own and recovering on your own and being in a relationship in your by yourself even though you might have another person there being in a family by yourself even though you're surrounded by people being in a friend group by yourself even though you're surrounded by these bitches being in whatever it is by yourself you're used to that you don't have that's not the that's not the way to live you don't have to get used to it anymore you don't have to be used to that anymore you can ask for help outside of those alligators because those alligators are going to eat you up They have, let's be honest. That moat of alligators that you refuse to get out of, it leads, it's it's the transition to that kingdom, to that throne that is empty. It's waiting for you. But the moat of alligators is what you know. And then sometimes you swim backwards from where you came, which is not great. I used to have dreams. Actually, I did a past life reading for my mother and... Um, the past life was really like potent. She was, um, a little kid in this village, very poor, wearing like, you know, potato sack as clothes and, uh, the kingdom that ruled over this village, over this city or whatever, um, allowed for, um, this competition and whoever won this competition among the kids uh, would live in this kingdom with this royal, these royal parents that had no kids, that couldn't have kids. And my mom entered this competition secretly without her parents knowing. I could cry just thinking about it. And she won this competition. She entered this competition, she won the competition, and she got to live in the kingdom. And she forgot about her old life. She was able to detach. Her parents didn't give a fuck, really. Um, Her parents were just happy that she was gone because women were burdens. Even in her past life, my mom couldn't get away from that. And she became this princess overnight. But not overnight. She worked her whole life for that moment. And she was able, and God opened a door. And even that, some little girl was able to walk through without fear she just knew this was her opportunity somewhere down down in her soul she knew she was you know guided 
And then she lived in that kingdom. And then she became a healer. And then her royal parents died and she ruled the kingdom. And she became this healer where people would just come to her. And she lost her eyesight, but she gained, you know, her third eye. And every other sense sense that we have. And people would come to her and, and ask for forgiveness and ask for help and ask for, you know, clarity. It would touch her feet and she would see and she would help them. And then at one point her own parents came, her her biological parents came to see her and she knew right away and their life flashed before her eyes, before her, and she was in that life and she was able to help them in a lot of ways and that was her life. And why I tell that story is because between her village and that kingdom was that moat of alligators. She swam. Her whole life was that moat. Growing up poor, being abused, being neglected, being forgotten, being told that she was a good girl because she was quiet, because she was obedient. And all the while, just wanting to get away, all the while, just want, knowing that her life was better somewhere else. And she was too big for this fucking way of living. And then she crossed over. Finally, she crossed over. She swam through the alligators and she got out. So what's your mode of alligators? And we, you know, and... Even if we've crossed that mode of alligators and we've crossed over to the other side to our actual life and we've worked hard and we act, we always look at that mode of alligators very fondly. Like, oh, remember that? Remember when I used to be abused? Remember when I used to um, hurt myself all the time voluntarily? Remember when I blah, 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 blah. Or we romanticize that mode of alligators and that's what that's why it seems so attractive to us in our moments of darkness and need. Yeah, that. Cancer season shows us all of that. Cancer season season exposes that moat for what it really is. Yes, it's yes, it's a soft season, but it is the tides of the ocean. It is reckless. It is chaotic. It is water. It is wild water. So it's important for us to, yes, fill in those gaps of infrastructure and rebuild with softness and patience and grace and with the nourishment of the eternal feminine and mother. But it's also really uh, important to see what things hurt, how things hurt us and how they really are. And that's what this season will expose us to. How things really are. What really that relationship held for us. It wasn't this, you know, whirlwind of romance and uh, we, look back at, we look back at it fondly and in, 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 a, in a wave of nostalgia. I was like, oh, what if, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of like put our rose-colored glasses on no, Saturn retrograde is not going to get let us get away with that. Pluto retrograde is not going to let us get away with that. And Cancer season is sure as fuck not going to get us let us get away with that. We're going to see things for the way that they are. 
we're gonna it's and it's gonna be highlighted for me cancer season falls in my fifth house so all the ugliness all the undercurrent of my emotional abuse and what i put myself through and what i've been through is always on display at this point in the year <laughs> it's always something public and it's probably really fitting that I talk about it in this podcast episode on the first day of cancer season on summer solstice every th- the sun is now in my fifth house so welcome to my fucking dirty laundry <laughs> but if you've listened to the rest of my podcast if you've listened to those episodes where I just am crying and pouring my heart out that's who I am I completely empty my heart until there's nothing left but I know now that loving myself and nourishing my own heart inspires me to put my heart on my sleeve in a way that is encouraging and supporting and inspiring, I hope, instead of this narcissistic indulgence, (laughs) which a lot of my episodes were. Look at me. What am I feeling? What am I doing? All of that stuff, right? But I needed it at that time. I forgive myself. I, I, I see where I was coming from. I needed an outlet so badly. I was so desperate to tell my side of the story for so many years, for so many issues. I had no other way. I saw no other way out. This was my out. And I was just trying to... I was just trying to put it all away. I was just trying to tie up the loose ends to those raw nerves that just kept hurting me and plaguing me and torturing me until I finally started to talk, started to vent, started to emote, started to do something. And then slowly, slowly, it was very imperfect. Things started to sort of turn and churn. That's another word that I associated with cancer season. Churn, 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 churn. Just slow waves churning. Life just churning, recovering. Us constantly transforming. As we emote emotions, feelings, I've always said this, gives us so much information and gives us the key to our manifestations. Whether it's raw emotion, edited emotion, curated emotion, graceful emotion, ugly emotion, whatever it is, it's the key to our manifestation. It's the key to unlocking ourselves, really. And if we can find, and you know, it's not going to always happen right away, but if we can find ways to channel and churn this emotion and turn it into this, this gold, this, this 
catalog, this curated museum of information and wisdom, that is the foundation, right? Upon which we built, which we build. That's what our parents couldn't give us. That's what our families couldn't give us. That's what our mothers imperfectly tried to give us. Their heart was always in the right place, depending on your mother, really. I'm not going to blanket statement that. I know people have pieces of shit for parents. My mother did. She would hate that I said that. But it's the truth. It is what it is. So cancer season. Is all of that. It's messy. It's magic. It's. uh, I'm sorry. It's not. You know that perfectly. That perfect love. It's a big love. It's a grand love. It's a. It's a love that you'll never forget, but it's not perfect and it's not um, boxable or categorizable or classifiable or, or able to really extract, you know, your perfect life. It is life itself. And, you know, take that, take the meaning as you will from that. Interpret that as you will. Water is probably the hardest, most difficult element, in my opinion, to define and extract direct learnings from. You can't write an essay on water right? You can only feel through it. You can only touch through it, feel through it, see through it, taste through it, love through it, hurt through it, recover through it, and then do it all over again in so many different ways. It is lifeblood. Water is. Once you get the hang of it, once you know how to ride those waves, once you get your footing and your balance and understand the meaning between each wave and how those waves hit you in a way that you just let it happen sometimes and then you have to fight back sometimes. But it's not clear cut. It's it's so even getting this these words out is so difficult for me because I can't really define what what it is. You just you just have to feel yourself through it. So I was talking about a situation that happened to me, and I'm not going to go into great great detail, um, because it's still sort of happening. I'm still sort of making my way through it. I'm processing, but essentially, I had a plan and right there is your problem but I had a plan for the first time in my life a financial plan um to you know do x y and c to make this type of money to move out to 
have this sort of life that I want for myself for the next five years. And yesterday I found out that that probably isn't the case. And I was talking to my mom yesterday, because, as I do, because we live together. And I was telling her about the situation, like what happened here, you know, like, and, and I knew the answers already. I had actually already discussed it with myself, but I just wanted to know, like, I just wanted you know, other opinions, other ways of looking at things. And I wanted to get her take on it. And I was, um, I was asking her and I'm like, okay, how can I, what, what does this mean? So I told her the situation. She's like, it's, it's done. The situation that you're in right now has served its purpose and I said those exact words to myself just not even five minutes before I went to her and I thought to myself this situation is done this situation has served its purpose I've gained so much from this situation that's ending now or that will end soon I've gained my life back I've gained my confidence my cape I've built so much capability I've gained my self-esteem my self-love my passion my ambition to want something more from my life and she said maybe the next phase of your life will offer you that exact life that you dreamed about faster maybe this just isn't a slowdown and the 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 faster that you accept it the faster your dream life can come into this world but the slower you, the, the more you cling on to a life that's already gone, that's when your dreams are deferred. That's when, when we cling to our old life that desperately wants to leave us, that's, where our dream, that's when our dreams get deferred. Our dreams are not deferred because we transition from one life to another. We transition from one job to another, one relationship to another. It doesn't get deferred. It gets closer. The dreams get closer to us. Our dream life gets more filled in, right? If God is an artist and our, we have an outline of our life, our ability and the speed to which we transition from one moment to the next one life to the next one page to the next one chapter to the next gives god extra paint extra um color to fill in that life and the the more we cling on the more we tie our own hands to co-create with god to fill in that life that life will always be there but we may spend our entire physical life have it be completely not filled in and undone. I see this like picture. I see God have this gigantic book of pictures of drawings of lives undone, un not colored in, not filled in, just outlines, constant outlines, but no actual colored in lives because we refuse to let go of our version of what we thought. We refuse to let go of the plan. Fuck the plan. Our plans don't matter because they don't... Whatever plans we have, the universe is just laughing at us. Like, what is this? 
A vision is not a plan. A dream is not a plan. A plan is this stringent, weird attachment that we have to a sense of control, to a sense of who we are, our personalities, our identities, what we think we are. That is garbage. But the vision, that's technicolor. The dreams, that's our lives. And we don't even know it because we're taught to believe that our dreams are something stupid and childish. We need to get into the real world. That's bullshit. Right? So as we walk into cancer season, I hope that you and I hope that I... (laughs) <laughs> allow a little bit of that life to be colored in and allow the, the natural churn of emotion to take us take, to allow the natural churn of emotions take us from one life to the next from one page to the next And to not forget, but to forgive any past version of you that didn't know herself, himself, themselves. That didn't know what was coming up. That didn't know that if you just let go, all would be one. I love you. Peace.